listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. This is Scott Love, and thanks for joining me on the Rainmaking Podcast. Just for the sake of context, this show is recorded in the COVID crisis, and there's a lot of change going on. And our topic today is leading through change. If you're in a leadership role or a partner in a professional services firm, then pay attention because we're going to have a leading expert on client development in law firms, Jill Hughes, share some thoughts about this issue. Jill is the co-founder and a partner of Society 54, and she's highly regarded for her progressive ingenuity, research-based strategy, and most importantly, her ability to deliver results for clients. Jill has worked in professional services marketing for over 20 years, internally leading the marketing and BD function within accounting and law firms, and for the last five years in a consulting capacity. Jill is a tenured member of the Legal Marketing Association and is currently serving as the 2020 president of the International Board of Directors. She previously served in various leadership roles within LMA for the past 12 years. Jill has also obtained certifications in coaching, leadership, gamification, and change management and received her master's in law firm management from George Washington University. I know you're going to get some great ideas from our show with Jill today. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the show. I've got with me on the Rainmaking Podcast, Jill Hughes. And today we're talking about leading through change. Jill, thanks for joining me on the show today. Thanks for having me, Scott. So with your work that you do as a consultant on business development to law firms, I know you probably didn't start that right out of school. Tell us about your journey. What did you do when you first started your career professionally and how did you end up to your current role? Well, I, I first started working for a business called Caterpillar. And in that role at Caterpillar, I was a project manager. And I was actually a consultant in the field doing project management. So that was my first entree into consulting. Do they let you and drive the machinery? No, no, unfortunately, no. I, I mapped out large processes around remanufacturing. Very interesting right out of college, but right. it was... Wow. Um, and it was also cool to to see the consulting side. But then I jumped into professional services. Um, my first professional service position was at an accounting firm. And my boss was one of the named partners. And he really didn't want to be an accountant any longer. He just wanted to be a marketing person. So he let me see all the things. And from the accounting side, they were very focused on numbers, you know, return on investments, all the things that are really impactful for professional services. So I learned a ton in that role, just, you know, pretty fresh out of college. Right. Wow. I then started my entree into legal. I worked for three different law firms over 15 years timeframe, leading their marketing and BD departments. And I really took a lot from what I had um, experienced in the accounting world. As they say, accounting is a little bit further along the pipeline when it's especially when it comes to business development and marketing. Mm-hmm. And that's really just because the accountants went to business school, right? So they understand the business side a little bit more than our traditional lawyers who went to law school and never had those business courses. Right. So introducing some of the concepts I learned in accounting, that was very significant for me. And it really helped me, I think, to lead the firms that I worked with in a different way. Let me ask you this. What, when you came into the legal world, what was, the, was there any resistance that you found 
with lawyers compared to accountants in terms of business development. Yeah, yeah, there was. I remember my first interview, I kept saying niche because in the accounting world, you know, they they call industry groups niches and mm-hmm. nicheification and that was really big. And the lawyers that I met with couldn't get over that I didn't speak the language of legal, which was so interesting to me. It's the same thing. You call it you know, it's it's not, right? I mean, they're in practice groups and and they think about things very internally focused, but the accounting market is very externally focused. So they're thinking about their clients. And I thought that that was such an interesting juxtapose because what we really need to be doing and what we're trying to get our firms to think about now is thinking about our clients and really putting their perspective at the forefront of everything we do they don't understand what corporate business or mezzanine finance is. They don't get that. They're, you know, a private equity firm or they're a small manufacturer or a closely held business. They don't always understand the terminology that we internally tag ourselves within our law firms. And I think that that's an important characteristic. Other than that, the other interesting dynamic that I found was that accountants didn't go beyond their four years of schooling, right? To get their uh, degrees in accounting where lawyers go on and get their JD. So they're much more educated and they're also a little bit, there's a barrier there because, you know, as a marketing individual, I didn't go past getting my bachelor's until a few years ago because I felt like I, I was missing that. And to speak to the lawyers, I wanted them to know that you know our educations are are pretty much the same now. You know, you got your JD, I got my master's. So I think that there's a little bit of a an uphill battle to overcome with a lot of the administrators in the legal side because we don't have that extended education, and sometimes that prevents us from you know being forward thinking with the things that we do because we can't gain the buy in that we need. Right. What have you found to be most surprising, especially with the crisis as it relates to client development? What are some of the big changes that you've seen in the business development aspect of law firms right now with COVID? So I would say that the the firms that are being successful with within my clients are the ones that are really talking to their clients and not being scared. You know, like I remember when the 2008, 2009 happened, And I was working at a law firm at the time and my attorneys would go in their office and they would just sit there for eight or nine hours a day, or they would play hog off, which was very frustrating (laughs) when we're trying to work. They're playing hog off into my office, (laughs) but they were scared, right? They were not talking to their clients. They were worried that if they talked to them, they were going to get fired. It was just a different dynamic. And I think that some of them have brought that to this, you know, that experience, especially when you look at like what has happened within our law firm economy, where a lot of firms, you know, initially cut salaries and cut bonuses and started laying off people right at the onset to prevent for what may happen. And now you're starting to see firms roll back on those things because they're seeing that it really hasn't slowed down what like they thought it would, unless right. you're you know, right. deal with clients that are in those impacted. And that's a industry. big surprise. That's a big surprise, wasn't it? It is. It is. Um, everybody I talk to is busy right now. So I think that that's a good thing for our law firms. And it shows that we're pretty resilient as an industry. But it's also an important lesson, I think, that we can learn, especially the attorneys that are working with those clients, of how to really be that trusted advisor for them. 
asking them questions. How can we help you succeed? Not billable. You know, I have a, a client that I work with who basically changed his whole practice. He's a corporate attorney and he really became very knowledgeable around PPPs at the onset. Mm-hmm. He's the person that my other colleagues call. They're like, hey, do you know this person? Or I've got this knowledge from this person. And I'm, in the back of my mind, I'm connecting the dots like, wow, like he's really making a lot of progress. He didn't know anything about PPP loans, but he became right. the expert in the industry and really kind of adapted his whole practice. And he's not only been interviewed and gotten articles, but he's also gotten new matters, new clients. Right. So it really does kind of speak to how to be dynamic and and really kind of listening uh, to what the market's projecting. And I think someone like that, you've got to be ahead of the curve. You've got to be bold. You've got to be admit that you don't know everything, you learn it. And, and kind of like that's what I've done with the crisis is that I've been busier than I ever have because my gosh, I have to be. <laughs> and and right. as a result, I was telling my wife this morning that we had a lot of things fall apart because of the crisis, but we've never had the pipeline that we do now because we've been so busy. And I've never been as close to awesome. my clients because of the crisis. And never before have I earned so much trust with with candidates. So I think the crisis itself, it kind of it pierced that patina, that facade that we had, then, and it brought people closer together, your clients and their clients, you and your yeah. clients. You know, I think that's, that's one, one benefit that's come from that. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I completely agree. One of our other clients actually helped her clients build an internal COVID response team, mm-hmm. and now she's sitting on that team internally. So it just goes to what you're saying. You know, you're building that trust at a different level than you could have ever done before. And I think the pandemic, while it's been unfortunate, certainly, it has opened some new opportunities that I don't think that we necessarily could have seen before. That's right. So Jill, in your work with those in professional services firms, especially law firms, those that are partners, their leading teams, whether it's a small group of associates or if it's a large firm that has a global practice head or managing partner, all those people are facing additional pressures, additional variables. What do you think about how a crisis can separate the good leaders from the rest? What are your thoughts about that? Well, I think that in times of crisis, leaders do emerge. And I've seen so many of my peers and clients really adapt through this pandemic. And I think that the key is to lead with purpose. It's not about having all the answers. It's about listening and adapting and really developing that learning mindset that I think is so critical. So asking questions, checking in with people, you know, being empathetic as much as you possibly can to understand that our world is different. I think that that's where leaders can really shine is bringing some of that empathy, really listening and asking questions and trying to not necessarily ask those questions to solve the answer, but really to kind of seek and understand what's happening with them and, and right. look for ways to collaborate with them and, and try to make their lives easier and better as much as they possibly can. Right. Something that you said when you talk about having more empathy, and I think a crisis is something that can actually force people to make that change. What are your thoughts? How do you think someone can grow in their empathy? What are some of your thoughts about that? Absolutely. I think that the key to empathy is really being self-aware. As an industry, you know, when we do all these tests and look at psychological behaviors, lawyers are not very empathetic. They score very low 
as a profession, right? There are outstanding people out there that are lawyers that have a lot of empathy. But you have to be self-aware and you have to know where your strengths are and where your weaknesses are. For me, I am not as empathetic traditionally, but this Mm -hmm. pandemic has allowed me to really be self-aware and practice more of that empathy, especially in the leadership role that I sit in. I think that that's really important. So understanding that I'm not as empathetic allows me to be more self-aware and to really put that into practice as much as I can in the authentic way that is really true to myself. I think those are great concepts. I really do. And I think that, and I remember speaking on this once at a conference, talking about the advantage of a crisis is that when you're, you're forced to learn and you're forced to grow, mm-hmm. when your deals are closing and you're getting big checks in the mail, you're too busy popping champagne corks and you're not paying attention to, well, how could I have improved that situation? But when things go in sideways, that's when you really have to become aware of what do I need to do to change? Yeah. So maybe there's that benefit there. Maybe it'll, it'll stimulate some real personal growth and self-awareness, which leads to empathy of people in the industry uh, this year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you said it, you know, when you're popping those champagne bottles, you're not thinking about asking how we can do better. That's right. That's and, right. It, you know, I went through, I mentioned, I just went back to school uh, a few years ago, got my master's and my professor, one of my professors said, uh, feedback is a gift. You're absolutely right, Jill. Feedback is a gift. And with this crisis, there's probably a lot of feedback out there in all different types of organizations. What's some of the feedback that you think law firm leaders are getting right now? Well, I think that it's twofold. I think uh, from one perspective, you know, they're getting feedback from their clients. And if they're not, they should be. They should be asking for that. That's a, definitely a best practice. But they need to be understanding from the client's perspective what they're going through, what challenges they're having and how to really try to address them to best meet their needs and meet them where they are and help them with those obstacles to help the business be successful. That's the end goal. I think that's the first perspective. And I think the other perspective that we're not really focusing on very much, but we need to be, is from an internal perspective. How are they leading the attorneys and the staff within their law firms? It was different when everybody was in person, but now we're virtual and a lot of people are struggling with this. I was just on a call yesterday where we were talking about developing some programming for our legal industry around this very topic because the leaders within the law firms really are struggling to make sure that they're you know checking in with their folks, right. understanding truly what those needs are and figuring out ways to help them be successful in this new world that we're in right now. You know, it's interesting with this crisis compared to the last crisis where the entire economic system itself was the crisis, people really didn't have to adjust what they were doing in terms of how they work. Now they do. There's actually a a tangible kinesthetic change with people having to work remotely in law firms and other organizations having to execute on a dime quickly. Mm -hmm. What are some of the lessons that have come out of this from a leadership perspective that those have been forced to learn during the pandemic? And and how do you think those lessons can be applied going forward? Well, I think um, there's a lot of lessons that we can learn, obviously, all of the time. I think one of the things that is really key to everything that we're dealing with right now is listening. I would say that that's the first thing that we can be thinking about as leaders. We can't depend on that face-to-face communication. We need to adapt. We need to ask for feedback. We need to listen actively listen to what people are saying to us and 
try to change. And I think that's probably one of the other things is around change management. You know, our industry has been very, very slow to change. Right. It, it dates back 400 years. In the last 60 years, there's been an enormous amount of change within our industry, but it's really been pushed by technology. It hasn't been pushed by the innovation as, as it relates to the culture or processes or even you know client needs. It's been the change that we've seen has happened is around you know that technology piece, which is good. It's, it's propelling our industry forward, but we need to be more strategic and thinking about kind of that big picture. That's right. I, I think the last lesson that we can all learn from this is around empathy. It's, you know, my clients are working from home. Their clients are working from home. Everybody's working from home right now. We have children, you know, running into our offices, asking us for things throughout the day. We have internet problems. We have dogs barking in the background. We're dealing with illnesses. We're dealing with parents that are sick. We're dealing with this pandemic and the emotional crisis that it's causing. And we have people that are kind of worried about their future, you know, and we need to stop and be more empathetic and understand that we don't always know on the surface of what people are dealing with. And we need to kind of take some time and assume good intent and work to be empathetic in the moments that we have connection with others. Those are all great points. What would be some recommendations in terms of action steps? If there were three action steps you'd be able to give to people listening today to kind of take action on some of the things that you're talking about, what would those be? So I think the first thing would be to flip the script. I always find it's interesting to look at the law firm model and really examine conflict. I always say that it's so interesting to look at conflicts within the legal space because our lawyers were trained on conflict resolution But having those difficult conversations and holding each other accountable, it's really difficult for law firm leaders. Mm. So instead of looking at change or struggle and seeing it as that intimidating battle, trying to view it with different circumstances instead of being those difficult challenges, being opportunities, opportunities to grow and learn and slow down on that external output, focus on the internal operations and set the tone for how others react. It's tough, but conflict really will result in, in a better work environment if you can work through it. Absolutely. It's positive, right? It's constructive and we need to just find that alignment. I think the second thing would be something that I tell everybody that I work with, which is to create a board of advisors. We think about corporations. They have board of advisors. We need to be thinking about that for ourselves. Who are those people that we know that can help us to be honest provide that feedback, provide that guidance and you know, help us to get to that next path. Maybe it's somebody that has navigated a similar path to where you want to go. Finding those mentors and uh, that really trusted group of advisors that you can lean on. That would be my second recommendation. And Great. I think from a third perspective, it's just to ask for the feedback, ask for the you know, criticism. As I mentioned, you know, I went back to school and one of my professors told me about the the feedback as a gift. And that's really difficult for a lot of people to take that criticism. I've done a lot of soul searching on my own uh, over these last 10 years to really figure out how I can be a better person. And I think that that growth within yourself really starts with self-reflection and everybody has room to grow. Everybody has room to learn. 
And to be good leaders, we need to seek out that criticism and hopefully it's in a constructive manner, but look for ways to really improve ourselves so we can be the leader that people want to follow. There's a lot of wisdom in what you just shared. Flip the script, examine conflict, create a board of advisors and ask for feedback. I think that's that's fantastic. Those are simple concepts yet challenging to implement but I think it's good for people to keep those top of mind. So tell our listeners, what's kind of the menu of offerings that you have for them? If some of them want to reach out to you, we'll put your link on the show notes. But what's kind of the menu of offerings that you have within your business, Jill? Well, that's fantastic that you asked me that question. Thank you. So I and my business partner, Heather McCullough, we worked inside law firms. I also worked in the accounting space for about 15 years working in a leadership role. And we really wanted to build a consultancy that was, you know, kind of the big picture strategy around really helping professional services firms grow. So we focused on talent, training, and technology. Uh, the core of what we do is around training. We do business development coaching and, you know, true BD sales training for professional services. But we've also expanded our offerings as we continue to grow. Talent is an area that we have pretty big resource group that is dedicated to kind of stepping in and filling in for those gaps that uh, many professional services firms have within their marketing and BD space. Mm-hmm. And then the technology just kind of grew because we realized there's a, a big need around business development, process improvement, and just virtual learning for you know, the the professionals that we work with. So we've built three different technologies that really aid in the training that we do. That's great, Chill. Well, this is great. We're going to put all of your contact information on our show notes. You've got some great wisdom. Thank you so much for sharing this. We'll have you on the show again. And I look forward to getting to know you better as well, Jill. Yeah, thank you so much, Scott. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com.